I think it's the difference between healing versus coping. And oh, I've been using the term self-care to basically be my version of coping. So, so like, like surviving. Right. Yeah. So like mm. exercise and better time management, that's in the healing and mending side. Mm. Dang. For me, the six hour 80s movie marathon on Netflix, that's mm. the coping thing. And I think what that means is, okay, what am I doing right now that has left mm. me coping through a Saturday versus having the energy to be proactive? That's so true. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey, welcome to Real Talk. It is season two, episode five. My name is Kara, hanging out with Anson and Isaac in the studio. Hi, guys. Sorry, I didn't give you a chance to hey, say Kara. hi. Hey, Kara. Hello. Hey. We're here. I'm not hi. used to running the ship here, so <laughs> if we like run into something, apologies. You're doing great, Captain. <laughs> Thank you. So Real Talk, it's a show where we get real about everything from the ridiculous to the inspiring. And today we're going to be talking about self-care in our conversation. Self-care is like a really big deal right now. It's a huge topic, and it's one of those things that's kind of like, what even is it? Is it yeah. just about let's take some salt baths and binge watch Netflix? Woohoo! And <laughs> good for me, I'm doing self care. <laughs> also, how do real people make it happen in the midst of their real lives? Because it's mm. difficult and we're all crazy busy and it kind of feels like one of those, you know, is it really that important? And is that really something I actually have time for? Right. And I think a lot of that hinges on how we define it. Yeah. Right. Because if self care truly is binge watching Netflix, right. It is maybe a little bit hard at times to make the argument that it is really important. Right. right. But I would argue that it is a lot more than just salt baths and chocolate cake and binge watching Netflix. Although that all sounds really good. It does. <laughs> feel like we're already shaking a lot of people's minds That's right now. Right. I'm wondering if as part of the podcast we could like test run a few Can of those things. Like, yes. <laughs> can we get some chocolate cake where, in here to see how that works for us? Where is the chocolate cake? We yes. all are in our own kiddie pools of like bath salts right now. <laughs> recording right. this podcast. That sounds amazing. Amazing. So that's what we're talking about today. But first, the shameless plug. Hey, that falls to me. I am switching my show around. If you've been listening for a while, I have a show on the mornings that has been called Wake Up With Isaac. That is shifting to the midday. So you'll be able to hear me at realfm.online from 10 to three now. Awesome. I have a question. Yes. Is it still called wake up? That's like, are, what I do you still wondering. wake up, but now you only have to wake up at 10 <laughs> instead <laughs> of seven? I'm workshopping ideas. I'm thinking stay I'm, woke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like that. I, I like the idea of waking up with Isaac at 10. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Seven. I was like a later wake up call. That doesn't sound half bad. Isn't yes, it the dream? Please. Oh, man. Okay, Anson, I want to hear about what you're into this week. Well, I am into something really important and serious <laughs> and groundbreaking. Yay. I am into jelly beans this week, guys, because wow. Easter is coming up. I get really excited about Easter for a lot of reasons. One of the minor reasons is Easter candy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a major reason. It's, yeah, it's I should major. probably. I'm trying to sound like I'm respecting the Easter holiday. <laughs> and, you know, it's Christ's resurrection. It's, it's the resurrection kind, of our it's kind of a big deal. But also respect the jelly beans. <laughs> exactly. Then I'm like, but jelly beans are my favorite part. So now I feel really dumb. But I'm going to keep talking about jelly beans Good. because apparently when it comes to candy, I have the taste of a three year old. <laughs> You know, you a lot of people of. like my wife are like, I like, you know, the Dove dark chocolates and okay, the well. Ghirardelli, like, you know, the really fancy schmancy stuff. And I'm yes. like, give me some straight sugar. 
you know, <laughs> jelly beans. And the thing is, even though my wife makes fun of me for this, she still like loves me and respects me yeah. on this issue as well. Uh-huh. And so she went grocery shopping on Monday and she got all the Easter basket stuff for our kids. Yes. Oh. And so she's showing me, you know, I got some peeps for Avi and I got this for Arwen and yeah. here's the baskets I got. Got to fill them up for Easter, getting yeah. all excited. Aww. And she was like, oh, and there's one more thing. And I was like, yes. <laughs> And she pulls out two bags, one, a Jolly Ranchers bag of <gasps> jelly beans and a Starburst bag oh. of sour jelly beans. What? Oh, man. And she was like, these are both for you. One for home, one for work. And Anson's mind exploded. And I was like, yes, <laughs> it is time. <laughs> it makes me so happy. It's jelly bean season. Oh, jelly beans. And I literally treat these like little nuggets of gold. <laughs> Wow. I mean, I take such good care of them. Here at work, I forgot and accidentally left them in the studio for a day uh-huh. and inadvertently had to share them with you guys. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I'm not very good at sharing when it comes to my jelly beans. Mm. So it's probably good it just happened without me yeah. having to offer them because otherwise I would be like, yeah. do, do I have to <laughs> share my jelly beans? We just thought you were being nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have kept it a secret. <laughs> But then, like at home, I keep them in a very special secret spot secret where nobody knows about them. And I literally, like, I don't want to eat too many of them at a time because like, they're not very healthy for you. Right. Well, and I could yeah. go through an entire bag in a day, oh, and yeah. that would not be good. And so I literally, like, before bed, like, I'll, I'll like go find my secret stash, pull out like three jelly beans. Oh, that's a lot. Eat of them like one at a time. Wow. Savor them. And then like put the bag back and then it lasts me, it lasts me till like August before I run out. Okay. That's serious self-control. You have really good self-control. That's awesome. Uh, At least with this issue. It's really because I'm afraid like to lose them. I don't, I don't want them (laughs) to go away because then guys, I have to go through the dark ages from like downward, like from like August back to March (laughs) before I can get jelly beans again. Or you could buy more than one bag during March. And stock. So are you telling me you immediately start feeling sad with every jelly bean you eat, knowing that the end is on its oh, way? I kind of do. That's like so sad. I know the bottom of the bag is coming. Oh, that's but just a sad day. I don't know. I'm trying to focus on the positive. Yeah. Focus on the fact that I'm living my best jelly bean <laughs> life <laughs> now. Live your best bean life. Well. So that's what I'm gonna do until they run out. That is beautiful. Well, <laughs> what I am into this week is not a food related item strangely because that's normally what I'm into but yes this week I am into a wrinkle in time the ah, book yes okay yay I'm right. so happy that you're into this because into this this is if I had a second into this this week this, uh-huh. would, this would be it oh man so good you guys so I've never read this book before I saw the movie trailer of course and was like I really want to see the movie so I really need to read the book because mm, this is a right. classic yes, Madeline Lingle and I don't know why I've never read it like it blows my mind because I love the these kind of books, the sci-fi, fantasy, all of the metaphors type books, my favorite. And so where is this metal in my life? I don't know, but I'm so <laughs> glad I'm reading it now. And I am underlining and I am dog-earing pages left and right. You guys, so many, like you're just reading this cute little story about, oh yeah, there's these kids and they're just bopping along doing their sci-fi stuff. And then all of a sudden in the middle, there'll be this bombshell of truth just dropped. Oh, and you're man. like, well, that just rocked my world. So here's a line I read the other day and it's like, picture of. I think that with our human limitations, we're not always able to understand the explanations. But you see, Meg, just because we don't understand doesn't mean that the explanation doesn't exist. I'm like, well, okay then. (laughs) It's so funny because I think it's probably written for, I don't know, middle schoolers. It is a young adult. It's young adult. Yeah, sure. But somehow that makes the truth like much easier for me to 
to digest and, right. and digest. And it's just been really fun. I'm really, really enjoying it. And there's all kinds of fun, like sci-fi creatures. And then there's all, of course, like Madeline Engel is a Christian and there's all of these like biblical metaphors that are just beautiful that just kind mm. of pop up out of nowhere. And you're like, well, that was extremely profound. And yeah. now I don't know yeah. what to do with my life. And I need to go think about this for a while. Did so. you finish the book? Not yet. You're I'm still getting, working on I'm it. I'm getting close though. Okay. Did you? Yeah. I oh. kind of plowed right through it. So didn't um, you mention that this is part of a book series? Though, it is. Too? Yes, it is part of a series. So I read this book, the first book in the series way back when I was in like sixth yeah. or seventh grade, yes. but I hadn't read it since then. And oh. so it was really fun to kind of relive that because I didn't remember enough of the story to remember mm-hmm. exactly what happened. But after I read it, I remember remembered it. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's all coming back to me now. So it was really fun to read it again, but I have never read the subsequent books in the oh, series. Okay. So I'm excited to go back now and read books two, three, four, five. The thing with this series, as I understand it, is that it's not like uh, like a Harry Potter series or mm-hmm. something where it's sequential, like one right after the other. It's oh, a little more like Chronicles of Narnia, where sometimes mm. you change kind of who the main character is. It's all in the same universe, but yes. sometimes there's jumps of time between books. Right. And these books were written over a span of decades. They weren't written back to back to back. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, the first book, A Wrinkle yeah. in Time, I would highly recommend it as well. Just so finished good. it. It was really, yeah. really good for all of the reasons Kara just talked about. Right on. What I'm into this week comes with a slight confession that you guys probably already aware of. I love drama. <laughs> Not necessarily drama in my own life, but anytime there's drama in the news where like no one's been directly hurt, but like there's definitely Uh. some people who have like been caught red handed doing something. Okay. (laughs) I'm just getting excited. The drama that I've been popping endless bags of popcorn for right now (laughs) is the Facebook data scandal. Uh I've heard about this. Okay. So let me catch you up. This is like the Cliff Notes version. Um, This guy, Alexander Kogan, was a researcher at Cambridge University where he collected a big data set from tens of millions of Facebook users four years ago through like this personality quiz app. So Mm -hmm. millions and millions of people took this quiz. Everyone loves those things. Right. (laughs) He then got the data of 50 million people. Right. But the thing is, when these people did the survey, they also gave Facebook access to their friends list. So it's like if I did this, they've got data on Kara, Anson, all of that. Uh He then gave this big bundle of data to a firm called Cambridge Analytica, which is basically a conservative think tank that does big data for elections. And a lot of people are saying that they use that big data that people didn't really necessarily explicitly give their consent for Mm -hmm. to influence the 2016 election. People are being called to testify in front of Congress right now. It's like a car crash on live TV. And every day (laughs) I've just been like, oh my gosh, what's happened now? Isaac is so excited about it. CEOs are being put on suspension. Mark Zuckerberg is being called up from wherever that dude lives to like... (laughs) Come down back to Earth. Bat cave. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still convinced he's a robot. (laughs) They're going to be calling this dude for Congress. And again, like I've just been glued to my phone. I have updates sent to my Apple Watch. I stopped in the line at Onyx yesterday. I was like, okay, I need to find out what's going on. And I stalled my order because a new update had happened. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love this. It's so juicy. Okay, Isaac, I have a question. People are so mad. I have a question for you on this. Yes, because you're like the social media guy here at Real FM. Yeah. And so I'm wanting to know, does this turn you off of social media a little bit? Like, are you one of those people who sees this kind of thing yeah. and you're like, oh, my privacy? Yeah. Or, or are you like, eh, whatever. It's cool. Yeah. So here's the deal. I have the mindset that I'm getting a product for free 
with an asterisk on that. I'm getting <laughs> a, a very product large asterisk apparently right. in exchange for my information being sold to advertisers and mm-hmm. people who want to mm-hmm. market to me. Mm. I understand that. A lot of people are just finding this out. Uh, what? <laughs> they were doing this? So it's fun to watch that unfold right now. All right, Anson, I believe it's your turn for the swagger scale this week. What you got? I ran into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> just going to come straight that, out with it. That is the best. Okay, here's the thing. On the swagger scale, I've noticed a trend through our first few episodes. Uh-huh. All right, and that is that we share something that <laughs> is kind of awkward and weird, and then everyone else is like, oh, Aww, but it's okay. That's, that's actually cool. kind of cool. Magic here's a positive swagger score. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we need to bring some pain to the swagger <laughs> scale. We got to do something where like, there's really no redeeming part of what happened here that it's is, just a dumb thing that yeah, happened that we did amazing. so i'm trying to go for the first ever actually negative swagger score oh here on the gosh. swagger scale all right <laughs> i'm ready so like i said coming right out with it i ran into a wall i was at home i was walking out of my bedroom we have kind of this short little hallway coming out of the master bedroom that turns at like a 45 degree angle uh-huh. so you're kind of going this way 45 degree turn now you're going this way uh-huh. so there's kind of a little corner on the wall there right and i tried yeah. to take the corner cut it just just a little bit too close <laughs> and just kind of like whacked my shoulder right into that corner and it, it bounced me like because I hit uh, it going at a pretty good clip so it just bounced me right out into the hallway and then I hear my wife like are you okay <laughs> I'm like no I just ran into the wall <laughs> And it That's wasn't necessarily incredible. that I physically hurt myself. It's that I emotionally <laughs> hurt myself. Your pride was yeah, hurt. I was like, I mean, I make fun of cats and dogs and stuff for doing stupid <laughs> stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure my dog was probably making fun of me. Like, <laughs> dumb humans just ran into the wall. Humans. Those humans. How can you not see that there? And that's really all there is to the story. Okay, like, but I have to offer a an asterisk oh, of here my we go. own. Because because I know what was going on last week when you ran into said wall. Last week was our fundraiser here at the station when we stayed up for far too many hours and slept for far too little. Mm -hmm, Right. And I was a little sleep deprived. Things happen when that it gets to that point. I'm just saying there's all sorts of studies where like enough sleep deprivation. You might as well be like super drunk. Yeah. So my wife was honestly convinced when I got home from the fundraiser last week that I was inebriated. (laughs) She was like, are you sure you didn't have and something? Like, and I, I was like, no, I'm just really tired. It's just all the well. jelly beans. I get, yeah, exactly. Beans. I get really goofy when I'm tired. Yes. And so that was part of what was happening. And then apparently <laughs> I run into inanimate objects. That's another part of that. So Pretty yes, awesome. there is a little bit of an excuse there perhaps, but still, but still know, I ran into a wall. I mean, kind of, you it's like- not like it jumped out in front of me. <laughs> yeah. It was there the whole time. That wall has been there for a I, while. I have <laughs> taken that turn probably, I don't know, thousands of times yes. since I've lived in this house without yes. incident. Yes. Up to now. So what are we giving him, Isaac? He sounds like he wants a negative on the swagger scale. <laughs> He's asking for I'm gonna give it to you. Away from me. <laughs> that wall gave you a big chunk. <laughs> I'm going to give you a negative five. Yes. Cue the quacking duck noise. I'll go. <laughs> I guess. I'll go with the negative three because I know you want the negative, but I still can't bear to like 
I still want to give you the, the benefit of say, the doubt. The only reason you're giving me a negative is because I pretty much asked for it. Yes. And you're so nice. You're like, well, I have to give him what he asked for. She was ready but to otherwise, give you like yeah, a... Otherwise, yeah, Kara's so empathetic and, and kind. She'd be like, oh, Anson, you were oh, tired. I, I understand. Running because you're a, a wall is actually kind of amusing and fun. <laughs> and so I'm going to give you a four. Well, you've run the race set before you. <laughs> You yeah, but I crashed into the wall. <laughs> I crashed during the race. All right. Good work. All right. Negative three it is. So I've got the uh, crushing it this week, celebrating our successes, big or small. And I feel like my success is kind of small this week along the lines of, hey, survived the fundraiser. And by yeah. the way, did not go to any sort of gym or any sort of place where I moved my body in a healthy way last oh, week. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so this week, I consider it crushing it that I've made it to the gym once. Heck yeah. And I did something where I worked my abs and now it hurts to laugh and I feel like my <laughs> ribs are bruised. But hey, I'm crushing it because I went back even though I failed for a week. But No, I think to your benefit, someone needs to like tell people what our fundraiser week looks like. We all work like north of 14 hour days. And then at the same time, everyone is throwing muffins and cookies and And garbage at our face. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's like a constant adrenaline overload for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And then you get done and you're like, well, I'm going to go into a coma for a few days now. Like a sugar coma and a adrenaline fatigue coma. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of people may not have an event like that at their job or something, but everybody has those weeks where things kind of like get crazy or go nuts or fall apart and you can't make it to the gym. Right. And so you're going to have a week where you don't get to go work out. You kind of fall off of the wagon. wagon. And then the big thing I feel like with working out is not avoiding those weeks because those (laughs) weeks are going to happen. It's the subsequent week where you have to try to get back on track. And you feel like you're dying. I feel like getting back on track is the hardest hardest part of mm-hmm. maintaining an exercise regimen. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. So that's me crushing it this week and literally feeling crushed because my abs <laughs> really hurt. The fact that you made it back, I really <laughs> oh think it's crushing it Thank because you. those are like Ooh. do or die weeks, those week yeah. after, yep. because sometimes that's where the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> exactly. And then that week turns into another week, exactly. turns into a month. Oh, I'm way that person. Turns into I'm a like, couple months. It's yeah. all gone. It's Isaac just... and I are probably there right now. We're <laughs> like, it's, it's brownies and Fago from here on <laughs> yeah, out. That's right. All right, now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. Would you rather the great value choose your own adventure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is kind of like the lamest form of a choose your own adventure game. Exactly. But I like it. That's right. <laughs> I shouldn't talk things down before we start. Like that. <laughs> this is our show. Everyone's like, it sucks. Get we 30 like seconds it. forward. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Anson and Kara. Would you rather go back in time and meet your ancestors mm. or... Go to the future and meet your great grandchildren. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Or if longevity runs in your family, your great great grandchildren. <laughs> ah, ancestors uh, or descendants. Where you came from or what you're going. Where, where you're going. <laughs> where you're going. <laughs> what you're going to. <laughs> where your legacy is headed. There where you go. Okay. That's what it is. Guys, that's a serious question. I feel like there's a lot of risk going forward. Yeah. Because. 
I'm afraid I'm going to see how much I've messed up my kids and grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can you actually fix that? Or is it that whole like... I've watched way too many episodes of Doctor Who. So is it that oh, whole, yeah. like, if I change this course of time and I try to do these things to change sure. it, what's gonna You're happen? Gonna mess up time. Going to mess up the time space continuum. Right. But I feel like history, well, you could do it that way too. Actually, you could mess it up that way. I watched Back to the Future this week as well. Oh no. But I feel like I would be fascinated to go back and see. I think a lot about my parents and grandparents and their parents and kind of what shaped them and made them the people that they were and how that like continues to affect us now in ways we have no idea. And I'm kind of fascinated by that. So I think that would be really cool. The future thing is a little bit scary to me. (laughs) Yeah. That was my first thought too, actually. It was like, that's more risky going to the future because if you're just going to see what life has become for your descendants, that could potentially be really depressing. Whereas if you see something hard or difficult or unpleasant with your ancestors. It's kind of like we came through that. Like we, we overpowered that. We yeah. survived, right? Because you already know <laughs> what happened after that. Yeah. So but I do feel like going to the future yeah. is a little more emotionally risky. Although you did just kind of make a good point in there about messing up the timeline. If you go back to the past, you're Dude. putting your mm. time on Earth, more at risk, right? That's With like true. the Doctor Whoiness and stuff and going the on there. Back to the future, racing yourself. Oops. Yeah, right. Yeah. You could accidentally mess up your present. Yeah. yeah. By going back potentially, back, so back that's to- a little scary. Mm-hmm. The only thing, really, I would say though about the future is, if this question was just, would you like to go back and see the past or right. see the future? Right. I think I would pick the future. Yeah. Because I'm more interested in what's future life going to be like yeah. in history. Because I feel like I already know some about history. Certainly not what yeah. you would know by actually experiencing it. Yeah. Right. But I would definitely be interested in, wow, I want to see what the future is like. Mm-hmm. So this probably sounds really bad, but if I did choose the future, it would probably just be to see what life is like in general. And yeah. I wouldn't really care that much about <laughs> my actual descendants. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, whatever They're you guys like, are doing Grandpa. fine. But, yeah. okay, I'm like, move. let me go see them flying cars. <laughs> like, Cool hoverboard. Let me borrow it. But if what we're really talking about is going and seeing either my descendants or ancestors. Yeah. I think I would probably choose my ancestors. Me too. Because I feel like I would have more of a tie to them for some yeah. reason. Maybe that's unfair to my future descendants. No. But I kind of, I don't know. I feel like I would feel a little more disconnected yes. from them. Right. Because you don't know them yet. Right. And that also feels like I would be afraid I would have some sort of bias then bringing into that relationship. If I met my future children and they're like adults before they're born. Mm. And I like have all these preconceived ideas about who they are. And, you oh, know, and what if they're terrible? What? Right. What if, what they're, if they're just the worst? Yeah, that's where the risk comes in. Like, right. And you, if you have a 2056 John Ralphio, <laughs> I'm never having oh kids. Like I'm, be the worst. I'm like, yeah. this stops tomorrow when I get home. Have fun not existing, John Ralphio. Oh my god, you're done. No That's more. That's like the worst nightmare. Ding, right ding, ding, ding. Oh my yeah. gosh. I don't know a better way to wrap up that conversation <laughs> than that right there. We're talking about self-care, and uh, I don't know a better argument for pursuing self-care than making sure you don't have a John Ralphie in your future somewhere. (laughs) No. (laughs) Let's keep healthy, people. Okay, so self-care. It is a huge on-trend topic right now. Every time Mm -hmm. I turn around, there's like another article about practical ways to do self-care, and here's why self-care is important. And I think it can be one of those things that if you don't know what it is and what it means, you can kind of dismiss it really easily and be like, well, self-care is for wussies and Mm. it's for people who, you know, just want to escape all the time. Mm. And let's be honest, 
escapism is fun and can be a part of self-care occasionally. Like right. for instance, after this last week, our fundraiser, I'm guessing we all engaged in a little bit of escapism at some point because we needed to, our mm-hmm. brains were literally yeah. about to explode and we needed to completely detach. So I think sometimes that is okay. And before we move on to the serious side of, okay, what is self-care really? I'm actually kind of curious about what your guys' favorite forms of escapism would be like your number one choice. Video games uh, have always been that for me. I think it's a really good example of the dual sidedness of mm-hmm. this escapism concept. It can be both a, a good, healthy thing and it can turn into an unhealthy thing if you're yes. not careful yes. pretty quickly. Yes. And video games definitely occupy that space for me. Mm. I've always enjoyed video games because they're not completely passive. And I know that's Mm. probably an unfair thing to say about movies or TV shows because they're not completely passive. A a really good show or movie, you're going to engage your mind in that story. Yes. But the thing that I always liked about video games is I felt like I was helping to direct the story. Sure. Mm. I I was manipulating the story myself. That's cool. Right. I was one of the characters in the game. I'm actually living their actions in the Mm. story. Yeah. And so it just was the most effective medium to carry me out of my current reality and into an alternate reality. On the flip side, there have definitely been times in my past where I've spent countless hours on a game (laughs) or slipped into a place that was not good. Yeah. As I've gotten older and more mature, I've gotten better at controlling myself Mm -hmm. and those urges. That was definitely more of a problem for me in high school and Mm -hmm. college Mm -hmm. where I would sometimes have these like, you know, marathon gaming sessions where by the end I would just feel terrible. (laughs) Right. Uh, Which brings up a good point. That actually is the opposite of self-care, right? Right. Because you're neglecting all of your actual physical and mental Mm -hmm. needs to just completely immerse yourself. So that's a good point about escapism can be self-care, but it can also be harmful. Right. And I think we have to have the maturity to be able to tell the difference for ourselves. Like we have to recognize when some form of escapism is transitioning from self-care to self-harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the classic too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Or right. yeah. like learning where you need to like cut yourself off. Say, yeah, okay, yeah. that's enough for that. For now. <laughs> I'm kind of the same as Anson. Like I enjoy video games, but I thought about this before the podcast when I'm really redlining, when I'm like mm-hmm. done, <laughs> I will sit down and watch either like an way overly artsy movie mm. or I'll watch like an eighties action movie. Mm. Like over the weekend I watched red Dawn, the eighties version where the Russians invade this. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's so dumb. Um, and I was just in there like, yeah, Wolverines. <laughs> Exhausted on my couch That's with my cats. <laughs> yeah. But I noticed that really like I'm the classic. Oh, I finished that movie. I'm going to go through my Netflix queue and just watch mm. all of this stuff that I had been planning for a treat yourself day. And it'll be like 12 hours and I haven't moved. <laughs> And that's that sort of thing, like Anson said, mm-hmm. learning when to have a little bit of judgment to say, OK, that was enough. You know, maybe watching Red Dawn and then John Wick and then another movie all back to back to back. <laughs> right. Isn't the best decision. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm similar to you guys. I gravitate towards a Netflix binge or yeah. a good movie or even sometimes a good book, which I feel like is a little bit of a different brain space. And actually, I mm-hmm. feel better about usually when I'm choosing that. Yeah. But it's interesting for me. That does fall under self-care sometimes because my brain literally never stops overthinking things and entering into a story actively is one way to get it to disengage long enough that I can re-engage then. And often when I'm watching a movie, I find for myself that I'm I'm actually 
learning things or, or gaining insight into something going on in my life. Like mm-hmm. I can't stop those connections from happening. And so a lot of times I feel like if it's the right movie and the right time, and again, if it's in a healthy amount, mm-hmm. I'm actually engaging with my life through that movie or that story or the Netflix series or whatever. So that's why for me, it sometimes really does feel like, okay, this is a guilty pleasure, but it's also a little bit of self-care, but yeah. I have also done the, <laughs> Hey, I've been laying on the couch for eight hours in a row and I should probably move. Right. And I think that sometimes leads us then to judge those types of activities yes. like video games or Netflix as just a waste of time completely. Yeah. Because we've seen the bad side of them. Either way, we have to try to take a balanced approach to all of those types of activities and recognize, no, there are times when these things can be helpful Mm -hmm. and good and positive. And there's a time, like Isaac said, when too much of a good Mm -hmm. thing becomes a bad thing. And we have to be really careful about guarding ourselves against getting into that space. Because then all of a sudden, the thing we are trying to do to help us feel better has now only made things worse. Exactly. That is an interesting thought that a lot of times when we hear people talking about self-care, I wonder if most of the time we're thinking of these like super indulgent, luxurious Mm -hmm. activities that just feel like it's just fun all the time. The bubble bath. Yeah. And the, like some of the yeah. stereotypical exactly. ones. Exactly. And so then it's easy to get judgy about that when people start talking about like, I really need to engage in some self-care right, right now. Right. And you're like, well, I wish I had time yeah, for self-care. I don't have the luxury to exactly. do that. Right. And yeah. I think that is like a totally misplaced and dangerous thing It's a dangerous way to approach self-care because then we all walk around thinking it'd be nice if I had time for self-care, but I'm a real grown up and I don't have time to make that happen. Guys, that is like so dangerous because we're all crazy busy. We're all like really close to the edge of burnout all the time. And here's the thing, real self-care. I've been reading so much about this this week. And one article that's been going around from thoughtcatalog.com by Brianna West, she says true self-care is not just salt baths and chocolate cake. It's making the choice to build a life you don't need to regularly escape from. Right? I think it's really interesting to stop and pause and say, okay, why are we talking about self-care so much? Why is this such a trendy topic? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because we're all exhausted. Right. We're dying inside and we know it. So we constantly are like, I need to escape. I need to escape. I need to escape. Right. From what? From what? That's the core problem. That is the question. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this perspective of maybe self-care is a lot less fun than we think it is sometimes. It's maybe Mm. more uncomfortable and involves doing some things that in the moment don't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take the example that you were talking about earlier in the show of going and working out. Right. Obviously, we could go a lot deeper than that. But I think that's a good example of one of those things where is working out self-care? Absolutely. I mean, anybody that's ever done a workout regimen before knows how much better you feel after working out, not just physically, but emotionally. Right. Like I'm always amazed by when I start regularly working out, how much better I feel. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. And yet I never want to do it. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of this weird dichotomy of, I have experienced the yeah. good high of working out before right. and how much better my body feels and how much better my mind feels. And yet I have such a hard time getting myself yeah. there because mm-hmm. I don't perceive the, the workout value. itself to be fun. Yeah. In the same way that I perceive sitting on my couch and playing video games to be fun. Right. Exactly. And yet, if anything, working out probably more consistently qualifies as self-care than playing video games does. And so whether it feels good as you're doing it or the idea of doing it, whether that's enticing, I don't think is necessarily a condition of whether or not it's self-care. I think it's the difference between healing Mm. and mending versus coping. And I've been using like the term self-care 
to basically be my version of coping. So, so like, like surviving. Right. right. Yeah. So like mm. exercise and better time management that's in the healing and mending side mm. Dang. for me, like the six hour eighties movie marathon on Netflix, that's mm. the coping thing. And I think what that means is, okay, what am I doing right now that has mm. left me coping through a Saturday versus having the energy to like, mm. you know, mm. be proactive. That's so true. Yeah. Wow. And, and I do think there are times where coping is necessary. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like we were just talking about, you have a crazy week, right? Mm-hmm. You just need to cope for a few right. hours to kind of get away from that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But at some point we have to turn the corner. Sure. Exactly. At some point we have to go from just merely dealing with it mm-hmm. as we go to really dealing with it yeah. as in mm-hmm. healing what you're talking about. Here, that's that's such a good way of describing yeah, it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think so many of us are living in survival mode all the time yeah. because we think that's what it means to be a responsible adult. I don't think that's really fair, but it is what we're being taught. We're constantly being pressed, hustle, 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 like keep going, work harder, don't stop to breathe because that's what adults do, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's fair. We've glorified that yeah. to some extent, right? I mean, if you're not busy, mm-hmm. you kind of feel bad about it because exactly. everybody else is, and wow, they're so much more productive than I am and right. they're always getting things done. And if I can't handle that level of intensity, then something's wrong with me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else can handle it. Why can't I handle it? Right. When the truth is they're not really no. handling it. No. They just look like they are. They're just exhausted and surviving and <laughs> barely getting through. I was reading some really, really helpful stuff from Marion Fisher this week. She actually wrote a couple of blog posts about the topic of self-care. I think one of the struggles for me is not just feeling like, oh, I'm weak if I have to do self-care, but also that I'm selfish. One of the things that she said and that we've all heard before, but it's kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever, is that self-care is not a selfish act. This is actually something Parker Palmer said. He said, self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have, the gift I was put on earth to offer others. Mm. So anytime we can listen to our true self and give it the care it requires, we don't just do it for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch. Oh, man. I feel like that is such an essential thing to be able to grasp because as long as we feel like self-care is selfish, we're not going to do it. Right. Right. We're going to feel guilty about it. We're going to end up just doing those survival things because we feel like it's just too selfish. I can't do it. That probably comes from a lot of those kind of accusatory conversations that Mm. that you mentioned earlier. We make comments to each other like, well, that would be great if I had time to go on vacation. That'd be great if I had time to just spend a Saturday doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And we make each other feel guilty over having time to occasionally do those things. Exactly. But I think you come back to Isaac's point about coping versus healing. Yes. If we're constantly in that coping state, we don't have time to look beyond our own noses Mm. because I'm just trying to survive. Exactly. And if I'm just trying to survive by nature, that means I'm, I'm focused inward. I'm focused on myself and what I can do Mm. to cope with what's happening around me. Right. Mm. If I can get to a place of healing, all of a sudden those visual pathways towards other people like open up Mm -hmm. and now I can start seeking out opportunities to help other people cope and hopefully heal. Mm. But if, if I'm just, coping, I certainly don't have time to heal others because mm-hmm. I can't heal myself. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you kind of have to do one before you can move out and do the other. Yes, that's so good. And as something Marion Vischer said in one of these blog posts is I am not my own end game, which is basically what you're saying. When I learn how to care for myself, I'm also learning how to care for others. Living mm-hmm. loved helps me live 
love at the end. We have to come back to that. I am not my own end game. This isn't just about me. This is about, yes, being able to actually care for the people around me. So I'm curious for you guys, what is one kind of self-care practice or something that you're trying to do right now that you're finding helpful or that you're just kind of figuring out, maybe stumbling your way through something that's a a healer as opposed to a coping Exactly. Yeah, man, this is hard. (laughs) True story. (laughs) This is a hard question. True story. Heading into this podcast, I kind of outlined what I'm doing under the coping tree Mm -hmm. and then what I'm going to try to start doing under the like actual healing tree. Mm, That's good. I hermit away. I don't text anyone. I like stop talking. Mm -hmm. I go into a room and sit. Mm -hmm. That's the coping. Isaac needs to not be around humans. Mm -hmm. The actual healing process of that. This is from from one of those articles. I think it was the first one you referenced, but she basically said self-care sometimes looks like being okay with disappointing other people. Oh, yes. And that's like, if you've known me for more than five minutes, like that's your worst nightmare. (laughs) That is my single worst nightmare is someone going, oh, Uh, well, okay, Isaac, that's fine. And then I'm just uh, like, like, not fine. Just um, just burst into flames. (laughs) So I've learned to be okay starting to learn starting to be to learn. okay <laughs> i understand in yeah. saying no to things and saying <sighs> i can't do that to the best of my ability right now mm-hmm. check with me next week i actually uh, said that to someone this week and i felt like i wanted to move out of the country right <laughs> change my identity completely makes, yes and it, never disappoint someone again <laughs> feels a little bit like you're dying inside yeah. i understand i have this problem too so learning to do that and then also wow. basically reducing figuring out things that i can sort of pare down to mm. yeah i do have two jobs right now so i don't get to do this thing and that's okay for now being able yeah. to accept what you can and can't do yeah. It's interesting to me as you're talking about that, I'm kind of having this revelation in my mind of like, I wonder if for a lot of us, the thing that we use to cope and the thing that we use to heal are not almost opposites in a way. So for me, a lot of times coping similar to you, Isaac may look like not talking to anybody. I think healing sometimes looks like talking to someone. Don't don't, (laughs) don't, stop Stop it. I know (laughs) we talked a couple weeks ago on one of these podcasts about how I finally was able to open up about Mm. some things that were very personal and difficult for me. And that was very with some people that I cared about. And yeah, that was a really healing process to go through. But basically it was the exact opposite of what I really (laughs) wanted to do. It's kind of frustrating, but I think it's also rather interesting that sometimes maybe Mm -hmm. coping and healing are diametrically opposed to one another. Like the very thing that will heal us is doing the thing that we don't want to do because it goes against our natural inclination. So for me, I really do think healing looks like talking to people. I'm a verbal processing person. Mm -hmm. And so for me to really feel like I have a good grasp on an issue or that I understand something or that I understand myself, I really need to talk it out with somebody. Yes. And because I'm also an introvert, a lot of times I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And yet that's what I need. Okay. Well, yes to amen and all of those things. (laughs) As I was thinking about this, I really resonated with something that Marion Vischer again said in her blog post. She said, I've tried all kinds of things in the name of self-care, exercise, eating well, taking medicine, getting a break, and all those things are good. And I still do those. But she said, I'm here to tell you after years of trial and error, Honoring my limitations makes more of a difference than anything else. Hmm. Learning to rest, to let go of what I can, to ration my energy, to always count the cost of stress. These are the most loving things I can do for myself and the people I love. I keep coming back to this because that is one of the things I feel most guilty about in life. And it's similar to what you're talking about, Isaac. When I'm not honoring my limitations, a lot of times it's because I'm afraid of disappointing people. And so I think 
only weak people have limitations. Like, yeah. You know, what's wrong with me? I can't acknowledge that I have limitations. And so when I meant my best and my healthiest place, I'm making space for those limitations, rationing my energy, being honest about, hey, yeah. this is where I'm really at, letting go of the disappointment, which is the hardest thing in the entire world. Yep. But those are some of the most loving things I can do for myself. And with that, self-care involves me going back to God and saying like, Okay, now I feel like I'm dying inside because I'm not getting the affirmation I feel like I need from these people that I've disappointed. So now I have to come back to you. I really need to maintain this connection with me and you and do self-care in the like feed my soul kind of way. And I think that that's that's one of the biggest things for me is saying, all right, self-care involves acknowledging. All right, God, I'm going to have to depend on you for this stuff that I need because Hmm. I can't just try to keep going and try never to disappoint another person so that nobody will ever be unhappy with me again. It's not realistic. (laughs) Right. Right. The one thing that I think I would point out is just a few minutes ago, we were talking about when we kind of present this persona of I've got it all together. I don't need self-care, how that actually harms others rather than helps Mm, them. So true. I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that our limitations, when we present those to other people, they're Mm. not always disappointing. No. In fact, I think I would argue much of the time, they're actually really encouraging. Like when we see that other people are like us, It's a relief. They have limitations. They can't always do everything that we ask. Like those aren't necessarily disappointing. Mm. Sometimes, sure, people are going to react that way and go like, okay, well, I was really hoping you would do this for me or do this thing. And yes, that's going to happen. But how helpful could that potentially be not only to yourself, but again, in terms of healing others, when you see someone else go, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm really struggling right now and I don't have the space to deal with that at the mm-hmm. moment. I have to honor my limitations. Someone else may see that and go, oh, well, I didn't know you could do that. Right. Or like, is that allowed? That's so cool that you make space for that. I need to make space for that, mm-hmm. too. And I think so true. If we can remember that us having limitations, it doesn't necessarily lead to disappointment. In fact, it can lead to healing. Maybe that would make it a little easier for us to accept our limitations. Dude, yeah. I think the unhealthiest I've ever been in that regard was when I was part of this hustle hard hashtag Mm. no sleep, no break, like (laughs) whole mentality. Like I just fell into this YouTube black hole of like Mm. how to get what you want by a 30 and blah, blah, blah. All of this stuff where it was just basically preaching the doctrine of you're weak if you need time off. One of the big mental shifts that I went through was when someone I really look up to talked about how like, hey, I got really burned out and I needed to take some time off. And mm. I was like, people do that? People, that yeah, happens? People that I respect and yeah. care about yes. and they're great people. All right, it's time for On Repeat this week. And my On Repeat is Splash by Tadashi and 1K Few. I just made a splash, I just made a splash. So one of my favorite things about uh, Real FM and the radio station so far is that it's really exposed me to some newer genres of music and Mm. new artists and just songs that really I wouldn't have been attracted to in the past. Mm. And Tadashi and this song with 1K Few called Splash really fits into that mold for me. I have become a much bigger hip hop fan Mm. as a result of Real FM than I was before. Yeah, I'm loving this song by Tadashi. The hook 
I don't know. I find myself like just walking around and like tapping it out on things and humming it to myself. And I know that I'm a tall, skinny white guy. And I'm like the total opposite of Tadashi in every way. I'm so not cool compared to him. And then when I am walking around humming like, oh, I'm too lit. Watch me hop out of the grave. Yeah, they're too scared to swim while we make it wet. Like, I can't even say that in a way uh, that makes awesome. it sound cool like Tadashi can. So- His coolness fascinates me. He's so cool. Tadashi says that splash is for those who love to question everything, oh. to color outside the lines, and to have fun while we do it. It's for those of us who can't settle for the status quo and instead choose to deviate from the expected course to arrive at what God has for us. Mm. Well, that's cool. And I like that idea. I like this idea that, um, you know, a lot of times we feel like the Christian life involves staying inside of the lines. Mm. And he's saying, no, sometimes it involves going outside the lines a little bit. Sometimes yeah. it involves making a splash. Hmm. And that's okay. Tadashi and uh, 1K Few obviously both have the splashiness to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. My on repeat this week is Fire on the Highway by FF5. So this song is a little bit of a change from the normal songs that I bring to my on repeat. It's literally just a song about driving around with your windows down and listening to music. And I love that. And it's the time of year where it's about time to do that. Mm. And everybody needs a good drive with your windows down song. And this one is just super fun. And it's really catchy. The hook of the fire on the highway. I mean, after the first time I listened to it, it was stuck in my head. And so it's just a fun spring is here. Let's roll the windows down song. You know, it goes room to wander, open road, mile marker, cruise control, fire on the highway, music on the airwaves, hand out the window, going to feel the cool nights. I'm going to keep driving for the rest of my life. And they actually said, this was kind of fun. Um, what was the inspiration behind the song? FF five says they, they wanted to write a song that would, you would hear in a John Hughes movie like breakfast club. So it has this very much like eighties vibe, Mm -hmm. um, to it. And they were listening to some eighties music when they wrote it. They said, uh, they said it has that feel. It's, you know, when you get your driver's license and you have that freedom to go anywhere and listen to music with the windows down as loud as possible. It's about being in the moment and being carefree. And that's something I could always use a little bit of help with. I love that. So my on repeat this week is light work from 116 click. This is the first single from 116 Click, or as I have lovingly called them, Christian Wu-Tang since 2013. And I say that because there's 500 members of 116 Click. I can't. I don't even know. I don't either. Who they all like, are. The only time I like know their names is when I'm on Genius to look up the lyrics right. for it. That's awesome. But basically, Lightwork comes inspired from Matthew 516 in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify Mm. your father in heaven. Um, This is kind of a standard like tit for tat. Each rapper comes in with their verse, right? Chorus. And then like, it's everyone just like hopping in and off the microphone and hyping each other up. Mm -hmm. What I love about this and what I think sets this apart from like the standard, like, sort of like everyone's hype together song mm-hmm. is the bridge from Cass and Trip Lee. I love it. It's so gorgeous. It <laughs> is. It comes at a time where it's so like unexpected. Yes. And I remember the first time I was listening to it, I was in my cubicle. I had my noise canceling headphones on and I audibly went, Ooh, way <laughs> 
too loud. Like I remember it was way too loud. That's awesome. But seriously, it's so good. I could not agree with you on that more. Like I was listening to this song and I was like, okay, this is a good, this is a good song. It's fun. Yeah. Kind of got the mm. like all-star rap track thing going mm-hmm. on with Andy Minio and Lecrae and t- like all these guys. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like the clouds like part and oh like the gosh. sun like <laughs> breaks through <laughs> with like Cass at the end. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa. <laughs> like, and that, that is the exact reaction that I had That's listening to awesome. the end of the song. And now every time I hear it, I'm like, I love the rest of the yeah. song. Don't get That's me wrong. But I'm just like sitting there waiting yeah. for the end. And I love the picture of like the whole song was about light and shining. Mm. Yeah. And it, it literally sounds like I don't know what light sounds like, but I feel like it sounds like that at it's the end so of the good. song. That's like Cass and, and the light, like just shining through at the end of the song. Mm. It's the perfect audible representation of what they're talking about, I feel yeah. like. All right, that wraps up our fifth episode of season two. Okay, guys, so after we finish here, what kind of self-care are you going to go engage in? I'm going to go eat some jelly beans. Yeah! <laughs> I'm going to go quit I something. I think that uh, I realized through the course of this episode that my jelly beans are a coping mechanism oh, no. and not a healing mechanism. No. Well, as Liz Lemon says, I'm going to go talk to some food about this. Oh, man. I'm actually going to try to go to the gym today. That's a better coping mechanism than... <laughs> Jelly beans. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.